You're listening to All Over the Place, the official podcast of Media Pub Live, with your hosts, Eric Provoznik, Jim Culver, Marty Zamora, and Christine Leninger. This is Christian Toto from the Hollywood and Toto Podcast, and you're listening to the All Over the Place Podcast, where the fun sanity never ends. Welcome back to All Over the Place. Hello, hello, hello. Eric Provoznik coming at you. And we're, we're, we're back to a pared down cast tonight with, with the co-host, but always awesome to have Jim Culver with us. Jim, how are you this evening? I am excellent. How about yourself? Always fantastic when we're doing the show. Always. And Christine in the house, the same house as I. As yes, I am. Just yes. downstairs from you. And uh, as I mentioned, we are paired down tonight. Uh, Marty is going to be doing his George Jefferson uh, unappearance, disappearance, lack of appearance tonight. And uh, he, he's with family this evening, and I hope everything's going well out there with the Zamora household. And tonight we are back with a threefer, and this one is uh, – this has to be the, the most difficult one for me to have researched. And the topic tonight is three our, – our top three movie or TV villains – who were right, and our plus one is a movie or TV hero who really could be considered a villain or you know or not so heroic. Jim, you were the one who came up with this awesome yet difficult to research topic. We start with you. Okay, okay. Uh, for my uh, first pick, I'm gonna go with uh, Ed Rooney from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That is my pick. Uh, I'm a huge John Hughes fan, love the movie, but Ferris Bueller is not my favorite movie protagonist ever. He's kind of a spoiled jerk. Uh, and, you know, just in terms of the plot, he's literally skipping school and breaking the rules. Again. And it's again. And Ed Rooney is the principal, and it is his job to catch kids in the act of doing this to discipline them. It's literally his job. So. He goes to, of course, he goes too far. That's probably a recurring theme on my list. But he's <laughs> basically in the right in in everything he's he's trying to do. And I mean, he's I mean, he's essentially the good guy of the story. He's just treated like the bad guy for for trying to do his job. Uh, maybe a little overzealously, I'll admit. But um, you know, I just I don't really see a reason to hate him. Uh, and I don't really see a reason why he needed to be humiliated at the end of the movie. And he really wasn't doing a whole lot wrong in that movie, aside from breaking and entering a little bit. But uh, that's, you know, really not worse than anything Ferris Bueller did. So I, I'd say on the balance, uh, he, he was all right. He was in my cool book. I think this is one that came up for a lot of us as we were flipping through things. And yeah, just paring it down. No, no argument for me. And and no Marty here to stir the pot. So you, I, I think we have more. Uh, this is uh, Ed Rooney, and heck, if nothing else, we got uh, a, a, a '90s band who used Rooney as their as the name of their band. Or is that early 2000s? I get lost with all that. Uh, a lot of the '90s music, '90s into 2000s, but Rooney was one of them. Okay, a little inspiration, and of course, Save Ferris as well. Indeed, which I, I saw them perform live a couple times. Good band. Hey, indeed. All right. Well, moving up to Christine now for your one, two, or three, or as Marty would say, your bronze, silver, or gold. Okay. 
Well, I am going to go, and especially because it is the Christmas season right now, I'm going with the Grinch. Those who's from Whoville, they were too into the Christmas shopping. They were too into the stuff that Christmas was not about. And the Grinch, you know, just wanted to be left alone on his hill and, you know, have a dog. Yeah. <laughs> and his herd eventually did grow big. He did, yeah. I mean, I guess you could say he got redemption at the end of the movie, but... You know, he kind of had a point. Are we talking Jim Carrey Grinch or animated Grinch? Which version are we talking here? Either one, really. <laughs> okay. Do you have opinions about either? <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like the Jim Carrey Grinch was kind of a kind of a jerk face, but uh, the animated one I kind of get, but I don't know. Uh, so, I mean, it depends. Like, I mean, the book kind of tells us that he wasn't a very good person that he needed to change so the book the story is kind of his catalyst for for changing but i agree he the they they didn't really need to sing loud music to taunt him and up in his mountain and just kind of leave him alone but but uh, even if you want to talk about a little bit of backstory with the jim carrey grinch you know he was bullied right. and he just ran away up to the mountain to live by himself he wanted to be part of the community and he wanted to be there and he even had a love interest, you know, and mm -hmm. he wasn't accepted. So he just went away, you know, that's kind of sad. Well, can a villain really be a villain just because he was, it was someone else's antagonism? Or can, well, I, I can't, everybody can't in the community saw him as a villain. So for all intents and purposes in the course of the, you know, play or the you know the movie he was intended to be a villain i've only seen the animated one so i i, I will not judge one way or the other i just think that a, a villain is just a villain for the you know just uh, for the sake of being evil or being antagonistic not not as a, uh, a revenge for being picked upon but it's 21st century those are themes that re resonate in the 21st century not not going to deny it Yep. And this is why this one was so hard to come up with, folks, because whether it's moral ambiguity or, you know, ends justifying the means, things mm -hmm. of that nature. It's, it's, it's a lot of gray area with this topic tonight. A lot of gray. Yep. And on that note, I'm going to kick mine off with Colonel Jessup from A Few Good Men. Ah. I will preface this by saying the code red was wrong. But his speech, or part of the speech, to uh, from from the stage, like who's going to look out for this country? You, Lieutenant Caffey. You, Lieutenant Weinberg. And I, I never, I never liked the the dripping anti-Semitic way he threw that Lieutenant Weinberg out there. I was always a little underlying there. Um, but Jessup was just someone who was standing on his watch, and the. The way that he went about getting rid of a, you know, the, the, well, like I said, the code red, so getting rid of Santiago, not right. But those guys, Marines, are when it's stationed how many yards away from people who are trained to kill them. They need the best out there. And we needed him on that wall 
may not have wanted him on that wall, but we needed him on that wall. So I'm going to go with Colonel Jessup for my first one. Yeah, that uh, that movie is an interesting kind of look at the the post Cold War military. You know, where the 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 nation is kind of soft softening up after the Cold War, but still there are still threats out there that the military need, needed to be strong for. And I think Colonel Jessup was kind of supposed to to represent that aspect of it, kind of kind of more of an old school soldier that recognized there are still threats and we still have to be tough to deal with them. Um, I, I kind of go back and forth on that character because. Yeah, a lot of what he says I agree with, especially that I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily trust Kevin Pollock to guard our border. But um, with jokes, but, uh, I would. <laughs> well, yeah, he could probably laugh him to death. That's true. Um, but uh, you know, I, I kind of feel like he was written as kind of a Machiavellian character who says a lot of things that that you can agree with, but then uses them to cover up things that he shouldn't be doing. You know, he was kind of corrupt. He was kind of abusive to his soldiers, which I think almost anybody that the, any, almost any uh, military commander after general Patton would agree was, is inappropriate. Um, <laughs> and uh, I think he, I think he kind of used that, that, that attitude of, you know, I'm the, I'm the only guy who can do this job to, to um, defy things that didn't, that shouldn't have been justified. So uh yeah, I'm kind. Of, I kind of go back and forth on that character. He's 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 always a really interesting. I guess I'd call him more of a more of an antihero than a villain, but uh, yeah. yeah, wonderful character and a wonderful performance on that. And th this isn't a this isn't one of my honorable mentions, but just very quickly, I got to give some love to one of my favorite character actors, and really the underlying and underappreciated hero in this movie, J.T. Walsh as Lieutenant Colonel Markinson. Yes. Yeah, my favorite character actors ever. All Rest right, in Keith. peace. Rest in peace. Yes. Jim, circling back down to you for your second pick. Okay. This is another 80s one. Might be a little bit controversial, but uh, my pick is uh, Mark from Field of Dreams, the bearded banker from Field of Dreams. And okay. he's presented as kind of an antagonist kind of a greedy banker guy who's trying to steal the farm away from the heroes while they're, while they're trying to have their magic baseball field. But, and, and again, this is one of my favorite movies. I love this movie, but you kind of got to look at it from his perspective. So his sister goes out, gets married to a hippie. Uh, they come back and decide, suddenly decide they're going to farm. They don't know how to farm. Uh, and then one day he just decides he's going to, he's going to plow under the only crop that brings him income and build a baseball field and nothing happens on it and they're losing their money. And he's trying to figure out a way to, to save his sister's home. So she doesn't become homeless because this insane person is driving them to bankruptcy. And so he comes up with a plan to basically bail them out and by letting them stay in their home. And I'm just, I'm seeing it from his, and he can't see the, the, the ghosts that are coming out on the field. Nobody can, except for that family. So right. they're all staring at nothing and acting like there's something there. I, I just, you look at it from his perspective, it feels like his family members are going insane and he's trying to save them from going, from ending up homeless. So if you look at it from that point of view, he's not a bad guy. I think the worst thing he does in the whole movie is he, uh, in an argument, he grabs his, his niece's arm at the end of the movie just to make a point, which is obviously too far. But, I mean, he was being driven driven crazy by his family at that point. So, you know, cut him a little bit of slack on that one. 
uh, so yeah, I mean, uh, like I say, look at it from his perspective. And as soon as he could see the ghost, he completely did a 180 and was on their side. So he was never really that bad of a guy. He just wasn't being given the blessings that they were, shall we say, the, the ability to see these things. So, you know, not, not in, in the, in the, in the context of it, the story, not a bad guy. This is why Jim is our movie expert. This is a great deep cut. Never would have considered this, but damn it, man, you're right. And you did have an epic beer. I said, damn it, you're right. I said, damn it, as I'm impressed. That's That's why I said, damn it. (laughs) Love it. You don't see too many red beards in in characters in the 80s. So, you know, got to give them that. (laughs) (laughs) Timothy Bushville. Love. Yep. A, a, a long way from the Poindexter character in Revenge of the Nerds. Indeed. All right, Christine, up to yeah. you. Okay, so my number two is the Wicked Witch of the West from um, The Wizard of Oz. Hmm. And this was even the subject of a YA literature series that one of my sons read. Um, so this has actually been covered by an author. Um, Don't ask me the author's name. The book is upstairs. But um, Dorothy is actually uh, the bad person. (laughs) I know that kind of might be getting to the other topic that we're going to be talking about. But the Wicked Witch of the West, her daughter was killed by a random house that fell on her. And then she tries to come and get her shoes, which are of some kind of perceived value to her. And Glenda, the good witch, takes the shoes and gives them to Dorothy. So she ends up having to chase, and instead of Dorothy just giving the shoes back to the rightful owner, um, she ends up having to chase her around to get the shoes back. Okay. And the, 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 uh, I'm wondering if a, a YA series will be done with uh, uh, Daniel Russo and, and the Zabs. Right. Perhaps, you know. That just a, a one, one little twist, and, you know, you're not the good guy, you're the bad guy. You're not the bad guy, you're the good guy. And uh, wicked, but witch. anybody that's watched Cobra Kai kind of sees that you know, yep. the fanaticism that they end up getting into with the whole rivalry, it gets yeah. kind of crazy. But I, I, I like the call with the, the maybe not so wicked witch getting a bad rep, but you know, she she was kind of nasty with, with the, the monkeys, which still give me nightmares, by the way. <laughs> and I know I'm not alone, those monkeys are, yeah, early. they were creepy. They were creepy. Well, and, and trying creepy. to kill a child over trying to kill a child over a pair of shoes does seem a little extreme. Just saying. Well, I mean, and, they were really and, nice and, shoes, but still, but they killed her daughter, or they killed her sister. Rather, sorry, oh. they killed her sister. Well, the purpose. house killed her sister, but the, yeah, nobody, the, the nobody did her. her. Yeah. You're you're taking advantage of people who don't have a brain, a heart, or or you know courage. That's the lamest of the oh. ones, but you don't Congressman. Right. Oh, wait. Poli alert. Poli sci alert. (laughs) But I like it. And and I'm my next pick. And actually, before I get to my next pick, I am killing the alcohol that I've been drinking the last couple of shows. And I want to I want to give a shout out because the bottle is done. This was a birthday present for me. Thank you again, dear. This is from the Wild Hair Distillery down in Chandler here in Arizona. Tempe, oh, it's Tempe, it's that border. I'm, I'm still somewhat new to Arizona. I don't know. But it's, it's here in Arizona, Wild Hair Distillery. And hey, we're going to, 
I'd we'd love to be drinking on the show, as as we've noticed the last couple, how much more and how, how fun we've gotten. Uh, but the, I'm gonna be taking another sippy sip right now from some wild hair, and this would be from their the Drove La Vanella, Vanella. I don't speak Spanish. I don't know. But this is spirits to sow from agave with natural cinnamon flavors. And folks, this is a good one. Very tasty. This this goes well uh, with uh, Diet Dr. Pepper, Dr. Pepper Zero. It's Dr. Pepper in general. And uh, what, what, what were you mixing with the other day? Oh, well, ginger beer always goes well with, with whiskeys. Um, the other day we mixed it with a sparkling cider. That's what it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was mixed it was with a sparkling cider and it was quite yummy if i don't say but that was, but that was a smooth mix mm-hmm. oh, yep. it, was, it was yummy not 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 that smooth burn going down right now but yeah <laughs> but I, i'm going to keep in the, with the wizard of oz and the hey. wizard the wizard was not a bad guy oh he was he was a confused guy just trying to puff himself up he was just trying trying to be protect his turf and uh, you know, I, I, what and to me, what wasn't as violent about it? He he tried to be scary, but you know, you pull back that curtain. He's just a regular dude trying trying to you know whatever complex he's got. I, I'm going to say the wizard, not not the villain that 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 you know when you sit back and think about things, not the villain you you might think he is. You thought he was a villain in that yeah. movie? Well, he he was. He was um, because they were going to go visit him because he was like the wizard that was going to save them from their but was, situation. But he was in it. Well, that, or so they were told. But uh, and, and, and and he was mean to them once he got there. He was not going to be cooperative. He, he was just busy. I don't think that makes somebody a villain. Again, <laughs> this is why this was tough, folks. I, well, you know what? <laughs> We'll he was call busy, that one my busy yeah. running the Emerald City. Jim, do you know where that is? Emerald City? <laughs> yeah, that's about 20 miles south of me. There yeah, we go. Right? All right, fine. Well, then we will call this my not so mean. We'll call this an iffy case. We'll call it a, a, a lame or lamer, <laughs> uh, uh, an honorable a, or a dishonorable mention. I will switch over to Magneto from the X Men series. Mm-hmm. Once again, the end justifying the means. Not always a gracious, but he did his kind, the mutants standing in for, you know, whatever ism you want, whether racism or sexism or, you know, uh, homophobia, whatever, however you want to interpret it. Mutants were being attacked. He was merely defending himself, at least initially get, you know, but uh, getting a little nastier around the church, but at heart, he and Charles Xavier, uh, Professor X, were a little bit closer together than than they uh, than you, you would think. By Charles, a little bit more naive. Magneto again ends justifying the means, not always the most effective, but yeah, I'll say I'll say Magneto. Yeah, I've always liked the uh, the comparison of uh, <clears throat> of uh, Professor Xavier to Martin Luther King and Magneto sure. to Malcolm X. As you know, two two guys that are basically on the same side, but one of them just goes too far. Like he's habitual line stepper is what he is. Uh, and you like know, and, I, I, he was a habitual line stepper. Ex- exactly. And I do like the X Men movies because it kind of shows. It always shows him 
being justified in some ways, and then but it also shows him being kind of sadistic and cruel mm-hmm. in, in, in almost every movie. And it's almost like he's using his his righteousness as a excuse for that to let that part of him out. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, he he definitely is one of the more sympathetic villains. Um, but I would say he's the choices he makes really puts him on the wrong side. Uh, far too often. Not, yeah. So I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I'd say right, but definitely uh, more leaning, leaning in the center, put it that way. Occasionally justifiable. I'm a professional Catholic folks. I can rationalize dang near anything. I can't rationalize the wizard as being a true Amen. bad guy, but I can rationalize Magneto. I mean, look what they did to his mother in the, in, in the, uh, in the, the Nazi, in, in the, the Jewish prison camp, in the concentration camp. Not cool. Yeah. Oh, and, and who's the guy who, who was the, the, the very true villain in that, who played that character? Kevin Bacon. <laughs> this is for you, Jell. You're that Jell? Kevin Bacon's still awesome. <laughs> yes. That's right. All right. Flipping around. Number three for you, Jim Culver. All right. Uh, my number three is uh, uh, Colonel Quaritch from the Avatar movies. Oh. Specifically the first one, but really both of them. Uh, I haven't seen the second one, but I know enough about it to kind of know to kind of know what goes on. So I'm going to just take a leap of faith with that one. But uh, I mean, he's presented as kind of this diehard, you know, uh, just, just hardcore soldier that takes things too far. Uh, but again, you have to kind of have to look at the context, you know, what's happening on that planet. Isn't just, they aren't just like taking the resources just because they feel like it. They're taking it, taking the resources because they're desperate because earth is about to, to end. Like the entire human race is about to be wiped out. So they're doing, they're doing what they have to do to save the entire planet, save the entire human race. So in that context everything he does is perfectly justified and he even gives the hero a talk to them about what they what about what's needed and do things peacefully and jake completely screws up his mission so he basically leaves everybody no choice but to do what they have to do by force to save everybody so I think the writing was has just been whew, not impressive, and so and so the way he took this guy who was perfectly justified and made him to this tried to make him into this cartoon villain is to me just terrible storytelling, and I think they could have written him with a lot more nuance uh, and made the story a lot more interesting, but that's a discussion for another day. Um, but I think in again the context of the story, absolutely justified, and in the second movie, I mean they killed him. I mean. You know, wouldn't you want if somebody killed you and you got your body back? Wouldn't you want a little, a little get even? <laughs> I think, I think I would. Just saying. Yeah, folks, I had to disqualify myself from from any commentary on this because I haven't seen Fern Gully. I mean, Avatar. <laughs> you mean you mean Dances with Cats? <laughs> However you want to call it, haven't seen it. Now you're right. talking about the Blue People Avatar and not the Last Airbender, right? Correct. I sh- yeah, yeah, I should have made that point, but I'm yes, Avatar the. 
I would never say a bad word about I would never say a bad word about Avatar The Last Airbender. The movie is a different story, but never never the show. Who needs Marty for antagonism on this show? <laughs> Which my family loves. We love Airbender. Big fans, huge fans. I didn't even mind the M. Night Shyamalan version of it. Like, I thought it was decent for the time. I wish he'd finished that series. But there's a new one coming out next year. So we're very excited about that. Catch it on Netflix. Hopefully, Netflix won't screw it up. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, on to my last pick. Yes. She's a queen of transitions, <laughs> folks. Take it away. Yes. Um, I'm going with Thanos <laughs> for my for my last pick because he was a sad dad, purple. He was a sad purple dad who um, you know, was just trying to do good for the universe. You know, he was just trying to save what he could of humanity by killing half of it. Which, you know, is he wrong? Sure. But he was right. Also. He thought he, he thought he was right. <laughs> That's dementia. That's a sign of, of a of a psycho. He thinks he's right. Was he a little power hungry? Sure, perhaps. Did he sacrifice bit, his daughter to make it happen? Of course. But um, you know, he had a point for sure. He had a point. That one. That's too too many. Now, sitting there feeling sorry for himself in, in when you know in uh, the second to last, the penultimate sure. uh, Avengers uh, Endgame. Endgame, yeah. Oh no, the, the one before Endgame, because uh, it killed him. Oh, oh no, 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 I'm sorry. It's the beginning of Endgame. Where, where, yeah, the beginning of Endgame, where, where he's just sitting there in his hut, living, and you know, you know, I if he was so just to me, if it. If, everything he had to do, killing half of humanity and not just humanity, life in general, killing life in general was his justification. You think he would have been a, a little bit more uh, triumphant and being, uh, being the cock of the walk a little bit more instead of just sitting around, basically doing needlepoint for all intents and purposes. But doesn't that, I mean, maybe, maybe he, that's wasn't, he wasn't like a, you know, psychopathic killer he was really me, trying me, to me. save half the world or his save yeah, half i just baby. killed everybody all oh, done I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna go twiddle my thumbs not suffocate resources what do you do after you kill half the universe you go and you have a you know a little cocktail and sit on your little beach house bungalow i i, I just see a little <laughs> bit too much of the uh the, the uh, I see too much of the uh, population control people in him, and just you know the the ends justifying the means. Whether it's just sure, well, anybody. I mean, that's the... And here, I, here I go getting a little Catholic, but killing's wrong. Yes, it I realize I mentioned Magneto earlier. I know, but Thanos took it to to the the nth level. But I I I see where you're coming from, but I'm like he's 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 just bad. There's no good in him. He's just bad. Yeah, I mean, I'll 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 put my philosophical differences aside on whether I think what, think what he did was made any sense. But uh, we don't see long term what happens after he does his snap, so we don't sure. know whether his plan actually worked or not. My my okay. my my theory is that people would just continue doing what they do, which is 
uh, procreating and coming back and, you know, in a few generations, it, the, the population would be right back where it was. But, uh, but, you know, we don't see that happen. So we don't know. Um, right. I, yeah, I don't know whether he, I, I don't think he was justified in what he did. I, I get that he had a point of view and was, but I, yeah, I just think, I think everyone paid too high a price for his vision. Um, so, and I think when, once again, when pushed around, he, he got, he, he got mean and sadistic and just said, you know what? I think I'll just kill everybody at, at the end of Endgame. So uh, I think underneath it all, he really just kind of hated everybody and was just using it, having an excuse for wanting to, wanting to kind of quench that bloodlust. But that's, the, that's my opinion. I don't think he really, I think, I think you can agree with his point of view, but he really wasn't uh, really being honest to him with himself about what he really wanted. So. Again, folks, this, this is why the, this topic tonight was so hard to research that there's no right. There's no wrong. It's just how far, how far you want to let the, the just end by the means with, with these, with these villains. So, yeah. Yep. And before we switch back around to me, I want to take another sip of this wild hair bourbon and remind everyone that you're listening to all over the place the official podcast of media pub live and don't forget you know and if you're liking what you hear and you know you are or you wouldn't be here please remember to share like subscribe where we're we continue to grow and you're part of that and we appreciate it and uh yeah just keep sharing the word about all over the place now, my, my, in, in uh, you know, Marty, Marty's not here, but I will call this my gold medal choice. And I'm uh, going to flip it around. The, the college version of Jim bringing up uh, Principal Ed Rooney. I'm going to go with Animal House's Dean Wormer. Yes, did he go too far with certain things, overzealous with certain things, but he was just trying to maintain order at Faber College. Granted, it was a lot of fun to watch the the DTX, the Deltas, take him down. But Dean Wormer just out there trying trying to make make things safe. Wanted to have, have a good uh, homecoming. Didn't need to go as far as he did, but they they did throw the fizzies in in the in the uh, the pool for the swim meet. They they did uh, do a lot of acts that would be considered too too. Uh, too profane to discuss, but just trying to do his job. Mm -hmm. Can't really argue that one. Right. He was, he was, uh, yeah. It's like, what are you, what are you going to do? What are you doing in that position? You're supposed to just sit back and let the, let, you know, let John Belushi tear the whole thing down. I mean, come on. And think about it. The Deltas did go on to good things because of his discipline. That's true. They didn't. They didn't have to join the Peace Corps. But. Is that um, the second or the third Kevin Bacon movie that we've? Mentioned? Oh my goodness! <laughs> Chip Diller, Kevin Bacon. <laughs> he was also in A Few Good Men. Was he in any of the that's other movies right. that we've mentioned? X Men. Yeah, yeah, he was in X Men. Oh, so that's three. That is three. <laughs> Wait, what, what, what's the third? We got Animal House. Uh-huh. Tonight, uh huh. A few good men. men. And oh, and, and, and Animal House. Yep. 
Kenny Warmold, not anywhere near our picks, folks. Yep. Bacon <laughs> rules. Jazz. Bacon rules. <laughs> I get to tag him again. He's, yeah. Yeah, the actor, he's either going to listen to us or, or block me. One or the other. <laughs> right. Kevin, Who are these people? <laughs> Kevin, if you are listening, and I'd like to, I'd like to think that you are in between all of your, all the movies that you continue to do, you're an in-demand guy. You're Kevin Bacon for a flipping reason. Mm-hmm. We're fellow Pennsylvanians. Please do not block me, Kevin. This is all out of love. <laughs> I honestly got to think that Jazz really does love you deep down, contrarian though he may be. But I'm going to drink one of Kevin Bacon now, as if I need an excuse. You mean gel? I drank one of gel already. Oh, okay. But, uh, I yeah. I who Jazz is. And, fr- frankly, uh, oh, did I say Jazz? I meant yeah. Jazz, sorry. <laughs> I was confused. That's the fabulous wild hair liquor talking there, people. That's what that is. It's kicking in already. Uh, but And you really want uh, Dean Wormer, whose real name is escaping me right now. Oh, trivia with Jim, can we get you on that one? Dean Wormer? Dean Wormer. Who played Dean Wormer? Oh, man. I haven't seen that movie in forever. I should know this. Yeah. He shares a birthday with my dad, who introduced me to Animal House at the ripe age of nine years old. Sorry, Mom. Sorry, not sorry. Uh, his na- his it, name is escaping me. Yep. Uh, anyway, but he did play a true nasty villain, Mr. Big, and I'm going to get you, sucker. Uh, that might be a topic yep, for another true. show. That is true. I'm not I'm sure if get he chose you. the stairs or the easy way, but Animal House... I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a, a villain that had his moments of being right, just overzealously so. Yeah. But now we're gonna flip the script and we're gonna go to our one movie or TV hero who wasn't all that heroic, at least in certain parts. Jim, to you. All right. So uh my pick I'm gonna go with is V from V for Vendetta. Okay. And so, I mean, he's he's kind of set up as 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 an anti-hero, but he's one of those characters that spends half the movie going, "I'm no hero," and then you're obviously supposed to see him as a hero. I mean, at the end, it's basically the the all all of the good people are basically worshiping him as a hero by the end of the movie. So, uh, you know, it's like he he's someone who was who was on the right side as far as the cause goes. Obviously, he was fighting against a corrupt government. And that was oppressing people and all these things. And of course that's, that's perfectly justified, but the things he does are beyond the pale. Some of the things he does in that movie and he, 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 he murders people. He tortures people. So, so they, they join his side, like some kind of cult leader. Uh, he kills cops. He blows up buildings land and landmarks. Um, and the, and the movie's message is basically just saying, if you don't like the government, then all of the, all of these things are justified to do against them rather than any kind of legitimate resistance protests, just, just go out and start murdering people, blowing up buildings. Um, it's, and it's, it's fine as long as it's the right cause. So, I mean, you know, part of it is, is so, so part of it is just not being a big fan of that movie's messaging, but the character really is, portrayed in such an ugly way doing so such ugly things that i i just really can't see him as a hero at the end of the day even though he was do, he was fighting for the right cause i think that 
it was like day, you know, from day one, he was overstepping anything he should have been doing. So that's me. And I can I add an folks? So I, I, I got to, uh, I got to go with Jim's on this one. So yeah, just sounds right to me. And what's your honorable mention? Yeah. Uh, honorable mention. I'm going to say uh, Henry Fonda's character from 12 angry men. Ooh. All right. And I'm going to say that because he's a juror. He's supposed to be doing what jurors do. And he basically becomes a defendant in the jury, in the jury box in that movie. He completely oversteps what any juror is supposed to do uh, in the name of trying to find justice or reasonable doubt in that movie. And the movie is, it's a brilliant movie, but legally it's ludicrous. So I'm just going to say that and leave it there. All right. Honorable mention, Henry Fonda, 12 Angry Men. All right, Christine, up to you. Okay. Well, I went with TV and one of um, my favorite um, hero uh, anti-hero actually is uh, Dexter Morgan from Dexter. Um, because he is, and uh, um, you know, he is um, just kind of born to be a serial killer. His father tries to straighten him out by giving him a code. He lives by a code, which he does not break. Um, so he's killing people who are bad. So you kind of want to root for him, even though he's doing um, despicable things, just awful, horrible, brutal, brutal murders that he's doing. But he's, um, you know, um, getting people that uh, virtually can't be gotten by the um, Miami-Dade police who apparently can't solve a crime to save, save <laughs> themselves. So... <laughs> But um, yeah, and he just, you know, so he's kind of like, you know, the bad guy that you root for, but um, at the end of it, he ends up getting away. And, you know, his sister who just kind of gets taken along for the ride and isn't super redeeming herself, but she is a cop, ends up dying. And it's just, you know, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it. But, spoiler alert is supposed to come before. Yeah. But... <laughs> I, I may or may not fix that in post. I don't know. Yeah, just move it around in editing. So she says that first. Um, the show is over <laughs> 10 years. So, like, if you haven't seen yeah. it yet, like, you deserve to have the spoilers. Exactly. Like, seriously. Yep. Come on now. Note to um, yeah. self, yeah, he's just minutes where I've got to fix this. Got he's it. such a great actor. And, um, you know, not that that has anything to do with the redeeming value of what he's doing, but fight me. <laughs> no, I'm I'm completely with you. The first the first few seasons, he's basically the Punisher, and everything he does, I was on board with pretty much. But then the show slowly goes downhill and slowly changes, shifts his character around, so that he has no moral compass left, and everyone around him is suffering, and he doesn't seem to have a clue what to do. And yeah, it's it, it goes the show goes completely off the deep end by the end of it. But uh right. Yeah. yeah. Uh you know, which I maybe was the point, but um like thematically, but yeah, right. I, I agree. He was it, the first few seasons are a really nice balancing act with this character doing these depraved things, but but you almost root him on for it. Uh but yeah, it, after that it just kind of goes downhill and he's really just 
totally unjustified in, in everything he does pretty much. Well, yeah, you're totally right because things totally start, things start falling apart on him and he's trying to, you know, like the little Dutch boy in the wall, you know, he's trying to save it and he's just making things way worse. Right. Yeah. At some <laughs> point he should just give himself up because maybe then, then everyone would stop dying around him and, right. you know, maybe, but you know, he's, he's like, you know, we're supposed to kind of be on his side and, and pull for him to get away. But at some point you're like, nah, just go to jail. Just, yeah, right. just go to jail. dude. Yeah. better. <laughs> you know, I know the show's over, but just go to jail, dude. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Did you watch the, um, the second version of it? Did you watch? No, I haven't seen the, re- I, I haven't seen the reboot yet. I watched a couple episodes of it. It was okay. I haven't finished it. That'll tell you something. <laughs> hey, spoiler alert for that one. We should mention before you actually spoil it. Okay. I, I'm I not like eight seasons of that would actually for me. spoil anything, but huh? I think about I think about eight seasons of that was enough for me. I didn't really feel like I needed to see more of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So how about you, Eric? Uh over to me, and this was once again, this has been the toughest show to come up with a- any anything that definitive. And uh, just what I will I will say one thing that bugged me the most as I was doing my research and you know looking at other lists and like or picking my brain, but the the biggest thing was like people of a certain generation. There, I will not overgeneralize, but the, the people who were hosting the these different lists everything uh the disdain they had for trust fund baby batman bruce wayne the guy again and justify means he wanted justice in a justiceless world and you know well uh mr freeze he was just looking to save his wife yeah we all have noble ends sometimes but the do, do you need to throw like trust fund baby bruce wayne yeah, a guy who's out there trying to do good. So th- th- this was tough. Uh, Jim already brought up with Ferris Bueller. That was another one that that uh, came the first one that came to mind immediately. Uh, but and I, I hate to say this one because ultimately they are libertarian kings of the crossing and not crossing the streams jungle, the Ghostbusters, and the guy who didn't have a dick. The uh, the uh, the EPA guy. Yeah, try, trying to apply the law, whatever. But technically speaking, the Ghostbusters were, you know, just kind of riding around, you know, in no rules. Again, ends justifying the means. But the Ghostbusters maybe could have worked more in conjunction and let less chaos would have happened. But that's the best I got. For this one, I can't. I, there's a hero. It's not so much a hero. Ah, they're the ghosts. I, I, I cast this vote very reluctantly because they are libertarian gods. And and Ray should have said that. Yes, they were gods. They were libertarian gods. <laughs> when somebody asks if you're a libertarian god, you say yes. Thank you. We didn't even need trivia with Jim on that one. We just know. 
So that 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 that's what I got with Ghostbusters. And and, and Jim, you know, you're you're our great movie guy in this way. Your your take on on that? Um, I, yeah, I get your point there, and I've I've heard that argument made before that the EPA guy. I mean, he had a point that he had to. His job was to find out if everything they were doing was safe. And yeah, Vinkman was kind of a dick to him, but he made that very personal. And he came back and just turned everything off. All this technology and things he didn't understand. He just ordered it. He just he just threw his his big government dick around and just just ordered everything shut off and endangered and it, it, the, the exact apocalypse. same. Yeah, he he yeah he became the very thing he was trying to fight. He endangered everyone, and if it was his job to work with businesses and and actually deal with these things in a sane manner and not just. You know, it'd be like walking into you, you know, walk into a nuclear reactor and say, "Oh, this stuff's unsafe, and you were rude to me. Let's shut it all down." You you would you would have to do things in a professional way. So, <clears throat> you know, I, I I think characters like that can come from a a place where we understand where they're coming from, but when they take it too far, they go into villain territory. And I think he definitely did at that point. So, but I, I, I no, I get what you're saying about him, and yeah, maybe the. Ghostbusters were a little too cavalier about about throwing their weight around, but uh, but no, I think I think that he was definitely still the uh, the EPA guy was definitely still the bad guy in that. Well, they they did come, they did see, and they did kick some ass. They sure did, indeed. And that man did have a small, yeah. Well, we really don't have confirmation of that. It's, well, hey, I, I will trust Bill Murray. <laughs> it's true. This man does. Okay, can I give you give a little bit of trivia now? Uh, go. Oh, actually, hang on. So yeah, that I go. actually know. <laughs> um, I, I, <laughs> I saw an interview with William Atherton, the guy who played the EPA guy. Yeah. And he said after that movie came out, uh, he was walking down the street of New York and a car and a car went by and somebody yelled out, Hey, Dickless. <laughs> Poor guy. Forever known as Dickless after that. Yeah, pretty much. That I think that name followed him around for a very long time after yeah. that. <clears throat> but you know, I feel like his job was to play some of this the most supreme jerks of the eighties. And because I, I just watched Clearly he was uh, successful. Stuff. Yeah. I, I yeah, I just watched um what was it called? The the Val Kilmer movie. Uh yeah, weird he, science. Was, Wait, no, not weird science. Um, I, I, I started uh, to say weird science too. Uh, wilder, uh, I get mixed um, up. something wilder. Van Wilder. No, no, not Wait. Van Wilder. Real genius. Real, Real genius. genius. Thank, yes, you. thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Real genius. Yeah, right. Tri- I just watched it the other day. And... <laughs> oh yeah, I just watched that again the other day, and man, he is so good at just being this kind of smarmy authoritarian jerk. I, I don't think anybody does it better than him, honestly. And uh, just the way he walks by the construction workers, that's where you get for not having an education. Like, oh, you just want to smack him so hard. But yeah, he's he was so good in those roles. And it's like, you know, maybe that's going to be his whole legacy as an actor, but I could think of worse ones that he that he played that, that stuff so well. Well, I can think so, of one person who played smarmy a little bit better back in the 80s, but we'll save that for a topic for another show because I'm keeping that one in my back pocket. So. But trivia with Jim, as always, fun here on All Over the Place. As as we wrap up our three-fur, where we talk about where we have discussed, three 
movie or TV villains who, you know, maybe wouldn't have been completely wrong, had, had, had you know, correct points, plus one movie or TV hero who wasn't quite as heroic as they maybe thought they were or we thought they were. Stepping back to take a look at it. As always, thanks for listening to All Over the Place, the official podcast of Media Pub Live. Once again, I want to throw some love out to Wild Hair Distillery. Thank you. This bottle has been, these last three weeks have been fantastically um, imbibed during the course of the show. And looking forward to maybe, you know, bring a little partnership in with Wild Hair. You never know. Love us, love us, and we'll love you right back more than we already do. Jim Culver, Christine Leninger, I'm Eric Provosnik. Thanks for listening to All Over the Place. You've been listening to All Over the Place, the official podcast of Media Pub Live. If you like what you've been listening to, and you know you have, be sure to share it with friends and family, social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, wherever. Content contained herein have been the opinions of the hosts, the producer, and the guests only. You have listened at your own risk. 